Hey, this is Russell, and I'm pretty sure I have what could very well be the greatest job in the world. I work at the video store, the one that's just down the road from you that you can go to once a week whenever it is movie night. Why I love this job is because when the store is quiet, I get to watch movies and series and talk about them with my friends that work here. And interesting people also pop in to rent something. But each week, we can help you figure out what you could be watching on all the streaming platforms and out in cinemas here in South Africa. All right, let's do it. Let's open up the shop. Did you see that thing yesterday on the TV? Today on the show is Justin Jacoby. He pops in to rent something. He's a friend who I'm very lucky to have known over the years and has been behind some really influential moments in South African television, um, which you'll hear all about. It was great going down a little bit of a memory lane and it was great to talk about all the future stuff he's involved in. Uh, one of which is a TV show called Copper Stump, which you'll hear all about, a rugby game show. Applications are still open. They are open until the 30th of March. Head on over to dstv.com uh, and to look in the CakeNet section and you'll, you'll see the applications for that. All right, uh, let's do it. This is Justin Jacoby popping in to rent something. You know, in the bioscope here, I've got this fireman's ladder to get upstairs. And on a hot summer's day, upstairs is just like however many degrees hotter. And um, you've done the exercise of climbing the ladder. So, like, I spend my days sometimes on these hot summer's days, like, quite sweaty. <laughs> I can see your guns have been working out. You're in good shape. Yeah, thanks, man. Doing my thing. Um, we, since I started the video store, you and I have had some chats and we realized that you would be a very good person to be a guest. Because what is nice, even though it's not necessarily an industry podcast, I like the fact that I can bring um, people who, who have done interesting things and do interesting things. And so you could almost classify yourself almost like a, I think you should perhaps classify yourself, but you, you, you behind the scenes on, on putting shows together. Yeah. Uh, like, is that from a kind of producer point of view? What do you see yourself as? Well, at the moment, really con uh, like a content director, a creative director, but like in the production of television. Okay. Um, you know, up until very recently, that was in the advertising industry. Um, and that stemmed as well, obviously, from the marketing background at, at Mnet. Okay, so you were, you, were, you were involved in the marketing of Mnet. For, yeah. That was the majority of your life. Yeah, I mean... I had a 10-year career at Mnet, which started off epically. Okay, how uh, did it start off? I got the opportunity. I was working on, I was working as a writer for the website content on shows like Big Brother Africa and stuff like that. It was, okay. was really great and really interesting. And I got the opportunity to interview, <laughs> to be the guy who writes what goes on the info button. Okay. Yeah. So for for a few years at Mnet, that was my first job. So when you pushed info, yeah. I was writing the little synopsis every day, and I really okay. thought I was the coolest guy who had ever lived. Listen, it's a cool job. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it was really a cool job. And um, Emirates, are, you know, it's a great place. They nurture talent. Um, it didn't take too long before the publicity team roped me in as a writer. Got to do training under <laughs> carte blanche. So you've got... Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Really cool. Derek Watts grilling you, getting you ready for what it's like dealing with the press and the media. And that was what? How many years ago? I would say that was around 2010, 2011. Okay. Yeah, that, that started happening. Because those were still like pre-streaming, Mnet, yeah. Carte Blanche and the 8 o'clock movie. Like, yeah. There were certain kind of like pillars of South African cultural society and there wasn't, there wasn't a lot. It wasn't a village. It was like one island. Yeah, we called it appointment viewing. Like, you know, you really had to tune in once a week to catch the thing that you were interested in. Yeah, no, that's I mean, true. those days we're still launching HD. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? We were like 16 by 9 before that, which yeah. is crazy. I mean, this in this video store, all these VHSs are, <laughs> you know, old school. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> um, okay, so then you were involved in that, and then you were a part of bringing some of these bigger concept shows to South Africa, right? Yeah, I mean, first I had a baptism of fire. I really, I wanted to move from publicity into marketing. Uh, got offered a job as a brand manager. I had to go and Google what a, a brand manager was. Sure. Spent a lot of time trying to figure out what that was. Managed to convince the panel and then became a brand manager. Nice. Um, the brand being? At M that stage, Mnet Movies. Mnet Movies. Yeah, okay, cool. my first campaign was this incredible idea that mm. some of our agencies came up with called Oscars with Oscar. Oh, shit. I yeah. remember seeing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember seeing that. Yeah. That was on the, because the Oscars ceremony was going to happen that month. Yeah. Um, so it was February of that fateful year and he was plastered everywhere. Yeah. We had a through-the-line campaign, digital, out of home, Where radio the play ads. was going to be like, oh, it's Oscar season, but it's the pun is, it's, it's the Oscar yeah. Pistorius. And, and, and then it, it fucking happened in the middle of that month. Crazily enough. That, I mean, the ad was brilliant. It was um, directed by Bevan Cullinan. Yes. You know, the yeah. famous Tooth Fairy and, and a hundred other things that he's done. Like a really talented guy. Uh, and we had shot an ad where Oscar actually comes out of a body bag. Oh, no. No, it was horrific. <laughs> it was. Oh, my God. It was horrific. Because it was like James Bond. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. Like, what was the... Yeah, it was totally like slick and suave. And it was this whole Oscar ceremony with the South African link. Okay. But in a twist of fate, which I'm forever grateful for, um, the top Ross at the business had asked me to vet the campaign with other uh, industry marketing leaders, yeah. uh, which I did. And a good friend of mine, Luyanda Peters, uh, who was then the head of marketing for Supersport, said, if you give Africa another South African face as, as, a, as the look and feel of a campaign, they're going to cut you down. So we, because at, <clears throat> at that stage, we had just been putting South Africans on, on the front of every billboard. And, you know, they, it, it kind of isolates us in an African market. Oh, uh, okay. So when it comes to pushing DSTV and pushing Mnet in Africa, yeah. which it obviously was. You see, we're ignorant. We don't yeah. know the extent of it. That's a big part of their... Yeah, it's their, huge. Okay. Yeah, All it's right. a big The fact it's that a DSTV exists in the rest of yeah. Africa. Yeah, we think it's like just us. Okay. So, so with that advice, instead of cancelling Oscar and, you know, 
and, and doing something, you know, using a different personality as an ambassador, we, we created a generic campaign for rest of Africa, okay. which had nobody as the face of the campaign. It was just the Oscars this month with mm. Mnet and Mnet movies. Okay. So when Oscar tragically killed yeah. Reva, yeah. we turned that campaign around in eight hours. Out of home, radio, all of the material existed because yeah. we had created it for rest of Africa. Okay. So we pulled down those billboards, put up the Africa version. I remember seeing them. I remember that. I yeah. remember that vividly going, oh my God, there was that campaign. Yeah. That that launched that month. Yeah. And by sort of mid-month, because it happened on about the 13th. It was the like Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Day. Yeah. Wild. Yeah, we're about crazy. to have Valentine's Day now. <laughs> so it's like, it's almost like the anniversary of that crazy moment. Okay. Wild. Okay, so th- was that one of your first things that you were doing? Yeah, that was that was kind of <clears throat> where I got started. Okay, so I, you learned quite quickly. Yeah, I mean, there's you learn hard and fast. You know, they throw you in the yeah. deep end. But I, that that's lovely. Sorry to interrupt, because on the first day of the Bioscopes business, back in 2010, when we launched for the first time, we had an opening night screening, and we did the same film twice. It was this lovely documentary about uh, Joburg. It's called Unhinged surviving Joburg we did two screenings and on the e- near the end of the second screening when literally myself and Daryl the guy I started the bioscope with we were sitting on the street outside we cheersed our beer said we did it someone ran out and said something wrong like the, the films stopped <laughs> and uh, this little dvd player that we'd used to start us off had conked in and we were like okay this is this is what this job's going to be about. Like the humility was slapped across the face, like from literally the first night. And I've lived with that humility, knowing that like anything could go wrong. Don't get too ahead of yourself. Yeah, it was quite a lovely, like almost like the small entrepreneur gods were like, "Hold on, bud." Yeah, <laughs> like just watch yourself. No, okay, so that's cool that you got this like baptism so so early on. Yeah, um, you know, the, I, I've always been, at Mnet, I was really blessed with good leadership. Like, the people that I was under always, you know, they had a, they had a long-term vision for the people that they were grooming. That's good. Which was, which was incredible. And in times like that, it really shows. You know, a yeah. lot of people kind of melt and, and spit fire at, at, at those really challenging wanna times. Want to blame someone. Yeah. And, someone, yeah. and that kind of environment at that time was very cool heads. Like, how do we fix this? Let's get it done. And and yeah. that that was a, a really great learning experience for okay. me. And then what were some of the other big ones that you then were involved in? Yeah, I mean, you know, in the years that came after that, I, I was lucky enough to jump quite quickly. Um, uh, I, I became a marketing manager and then head of marketing. And at that time, there was a lot of autonomy um, to kind of do whatever you wanted. You know, we had a, a survivor which came to South Africa and I had met up with Mike Sharman from Retroviral and he had this idea that we should have a survivor on a billboard and we put eight human beings on the corner of William Nickel oh, for three days with the that. idea that the person that was there at the end could win a spot on the show. Um, and they had little tribal councils and, you know, they were staying up there. It was really insane. It was really like a micro version of Survivor. And How a, long did that last? They were there for, yeah, I think they were there for three nights. Yeah, humans were, were chilling up on the billboard. Yeah. I do remember this. Yeah. So this billboard, for anyone who doesn't live in Joburg, is like, it's, it's one of the biggest intersections in, in Joburg. 
and that billboard will probably forever be in marketing world like the biggest billboard yeah. or the most important billboard and they've often they've often turned it into experiential things yeah yeah i think um i i, I inherited that that media site um at this time like with oscar and things like that and and you hold on to it even though it's ridiculously expensive because oh, it's, it's actually so always been owned by yeah. mnet so you have first rider refusal so you buy it for a year Okay. And then you have, you know, when it comes time to renew it, you can, you have the chance to renew it or you let it go, but you may never see it again. Yeah. No, no, no. No, So you hold on to it. You never want to be the guy who lost that billboard. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about losing things though. um, I think one of the most difficult challenges that I faced in my tenure was about whether or not to change Mnet's tagline, which was Uh. where magic lives. Okay. I just come to a point in my career where I believe the brand was feeling a little bit self-serving and looking towards itself a little bit. Okay. Um, it didn't really mean anything to anyone anymore that Mnet is where the magic is. Yeah. Um, but I did manage to put a good argument together and change it to come home to magic. Okay. Which, okay. which is what they're running with these days. Okay. Did, did you write that? Well, we, there are... Because you, you, I've done a little time in advertising. And yeah. I, I'd imagine there was a team that, that yeah. helped sort of write that. It took us quite a long time to crack that. Um, and it's, and it's, that, that was, that's also one of the things that when I did some time in advertising, I found so interesting that like you take a little tagline for granted, but like millions can go into it. Mm. Like loads of people, loads of time. Yeah. And... and and you, people underestimate like the labor behind something so simple. Yeah, um, I, and I think I, that's I because sometimes people one, get it wrong. Yeah, and one of my one of my mentors uh, for a while who gave me that time in advertising, like one of his things was like, I wrote so much more, like DSTV, so much more, and you think like. Okay, that took you what two minutes or what? But it's like it's not. It, it was a big thing. Yeah, there's a there's a big process yeah it's the final result of a really long okay so you took it to come home to magic come home to magic which I thought was more inclusive and also a little bit you know driving consumer behavior and that idea is that people come home and switch Mnet on you know and that reliable thing is there for them little there's a whole world of people that will never know like what open time was yeah (laughs) no it's wild (laughs) and like what that was and like if you had an Mnet decoder you were like in a somewhat of an echelon above your friends you know it was like if you got dstv for the first time when it came out and like it was like one of those little moments yeah and we all have these magical memories i remember being at a friend's house who had mnet and seeing the first episode of teenage mutant ninja turtles yeah which must have been like i don't know 89 90 yeah yeah (laughs) <laughs> wild okay so then you left mnet or is there anything more to sort of mention at this point because no. we also i also love to talk at some point about what kind of stuff you're watching at the moment i always think that's a nice interesting part of the discussion so perhaps give that a think so long um but um you then decided to leave yeah i think i was starting to feel a little bit selfish that i had been the guy for so long who was sitting in this amazing seat with all these opportunities you know you have endless media the 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 creative at your disposal is just incredible and 
to hold on to that for myself would have been a mistake. You know, I, I really believe that there were other people who could come into that seat and not only do it, you know, not necessarily do it better, but do it differently. Okay. And it's interesting, like you, I just see these really incredible brand marketers and, and coming out of, out of like a young age, just mm. having totally different approach to the way that we used to do things. Yeah, because you could argue that you've sort of come with too much of an old nostalgic look on television where the last thing you want to do is put your head up and go, oh, wait, hold on. Am I doing this wrong? Well, that's also the thing is that, you know, what I try and do now is avoid becoming good by industry norms at what we do because it becomes the norm. Yeah. You know, we have to we have to do it differently. Like, for example, we did a, a voiceover recording on Saturday for, a, for, a, for an advert and the guy was really good. He mm. did it perfectly. And I was like, on that take, I was like, nobody's going to remember this ad. And I just made him do yeah. some really different stuff. And he was really self-conscious about how the final product sounded. And I said to him, dude, this thing is, you're basically going to become a jingle and a meme and everyone's going to know that this is cool, which is, Difficult because yeah. Lucy Hirsch is, and Michael De Broglio are not remembered fondly. Who are those people? Oh, I just assume like those Sorry. are some of the f f most memorable ads we've had in South Africa. Michael De Broglio. Oh, the, with the, the, if the, you're in a car accident. The car accident yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Lucy Hirsch from, you know, oh, from Hirsch's. Lucy Hirsch. yeah, okay, yeah. Sorry, I just needed a refresher. Yeah, that was so funny. When, when she started doing the, the voiceovers for Hirsch's, yeah. the, the thing, it was clearly like, <laughs> she's the daughter of like the dad or yeah. whatever. So it's like, oh, family business. But yeah. she's got this like very, yeah. <laughs> High pitched, twangy, nasal. Yeah. yeah, she's got a particular accent and it's it shows. But it works in a weird way. And it kind of does the job. Well, it just does the job in the fact that it's like, if you want to, yeah, if you want to get across the fact that you're a family business, you know, get this like amateurish daughter to be the face of the brand and I guess it does the job. Okay, yeah, okay, got you. Um, okay, so then you 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 started your own thing. What yeah. is your thing? So initially, I mean, I left Mnet with uh, these big hopes and dreams about starting my own little agency, which was the Marketing, going to be yeah. like a marketing. Ad marketing, ad advertising, advertising agency, yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I did... I did treat myself. I flew myself to Japan. You gave me some great advice from yes. the trips you've been on. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, I ate octopus balls. Yeah, that was my favorite, where you were like, I'm in Osaka. What should I eat? And I told you about octopus balls, Yeah, which is a like a street food thing, um, which I think is, I don't want to say it, but I, I believe it's quite native to Osaka. Like there's a tradition of, of people buying these balls, which is basically like a chunk of octopus deep fried in a, in the shape of a ball. But you were like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like thinking that I was telling you to eat the testicles yeah. of an octopus. I've been stressed for about <laughs> 12 hours on a train ride going there, knowing that I was going to eat them. But yeah, I, yeah. I, I really did thought they were octopus I love testicles. How, like, I love how you, whether or not you were going to eat them um, wasn't in question. No. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, well, I'm going to eat the octopus balls. Yeah. Yeah. But you there was no other way to describe them. I forget what they're actually called. Someone actually brought them up the other day. Um, I forget the name of them, but they like are deep fried. So they are like steaming, steaming hot. Yeah. 
So the best thing to do is actually like poke a hole in them and let them like cool down because yeah. they, they, they make them on the street in front of you. Yeah. So um, Okay, so you went to Japan. What were you hoping to do in Japan? Well, I'd actually recently just started working with Lala Hirayama in a personal, like with the business. I had worked with her a lot through Mnet. And she uh, is like a sort of media celebrity. Yeah. That's probably the best way to put it. She's yeah. host stuff. She Yeah, she was a big V Entertainment host. Um, sh she did a show for, for me at the time called La La Land, where she went around the world kind of creating shows around movie releases, cinematic yes. movie releases. So Red Carpet Hollywood or weirdly enough, like a lot of uh, premieres in Japan, Italy, London. It, it was really a, a fun time for us. And that was a show you guys did together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then um, Lala was creating a show for the World Cup yeah. in Japan. So I went over with. Okay. Uh, I watched a lot of uh, rugby games and kind of toured around Japan. This was my break yes. from Mnet before I started my business. Yeah. So then I started my business 1st of November 2019. Nice. Had we'll see where this is going. Yeah. Had a little, had a little. Uh, it's like, it's like how every depressing story yeah. starts. There I was, twenty twenty, so, cash nest, clients, <laughs> everything's going well, and mm. I was like, you know, you think of, you know, as a South African, you maybe if you're lucky and you've worked really hard at saving, you've got like a nest of like maybe a, a couple hundred thousand, and you think yeah. to yourself, if I start a business, I can use that to supplement myself for six to nine months yeah 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 you know that you never expect a situation where you're not going to invoice for three months yeah wild you know and all of a sudden that money starts disappearing so quickly and your yeah. anxiety goes through the roof and, yeah um so yeah we went straight into lockdown clients shut down and for many months uh there just there just wasn't any work and i was like oh my god i've blown it I'm going to lose the house. I'm going to lose the car. I'm going to have to take my daughter out of her school. Like, yeah. you know, you start having these sleepless nights. It's, it's yeah, sure. panicky, you know. I remember kind of crying into a pillow. Yeah. When, when that two and a half weeks got extended. It wasn't so much crying as much as it was me just going like, like I held up the pillow to sort of my chest. My housemate was next to me. And at one point I just like put it to my mouth and was like, <laughs> like, like we missed this in my head. I was like, Oh, this is just a sidestep for two and a half weeks. Like, yeah, I wasn't expecting us to all like go back and, you know, kiss each other on the face. But like, I thought like, okay, we'll kind of go back to some form of economy. Yeah. Yeah. Wild. Okay. But, um, you then slowly started clawing your way out. Yeah. We, as soon as, as soon as things started moving again, we were, really at the front we had done a lot of work to kind of make sure that when work started happening again we yeah. were going to be the first guys at the door yeah um yeah you can kind of prepare yourself like i was able to think quite a lot about how the flow was going to work in the new bioscope because you mm. remember i'd moved and then everything got yeah put on pause and i was halfway through the the build of this 44 stanley bioscope when everything shut down but there were certain decisions and i was thinking of certain things and then after a few weeks, you could go, no, 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 hang on. It should be on that side mm. where, you know, you probably could have made some stupid decisions if you were rushed. Mm. So it gave me a chance to kind of slow down and, and think a little more carefully. And hopefully that did the same for you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you sort of got yourself prepared. <clears throat> so funny enough, I mean, none of, none of us speak Afrikaans, but CakeNet 
came to us and they were like, we really want to do a big campaign, a big brand campaign. We, we think you're the guy. Cool. And I was like, yeah, I'm the guy. And then you go back <laughs> into your think tank and like for two weeks there's nothing. Yeah. It's empty desert in your brain. Yeah. Um, and then sort of leaning on all the tools that we had developed during yeah. the lockdown because, you know, we had started kind of thinking about how we want to approach work and suddenly came up with going back to the start and we created a character for them who writes the info button synopsis for CakeNet. Ah. And she was their newest employee and she now became the conduit of information between the channel and their viewers. And that was the campaign that we we did for you them. You created a, like a, a, a character yeah. who worked for CakeNet. Yeah. That would then be talking about what CakeNet's doing, yeah, as a way to so advertise what CakeNet's doing. Yeah, so even for example, as I mentioned earlier, when I was doing the info button, that content was all licensed. So it's American shows. You watch a bit, you write the synopsis. But CakeNet's 100% local. Yeah. So for her to be able to write the info button information, she has to be on set all the time. She has to be speaking to the actors. She has to be doing the radio, and you know, like mm. she's she's all over the place, getting mm. all of this information. So she then disseminates in this really fun and quirky way to the audience. Oh, cool. And again, speaks to the connectivity again, which had broken down during COVID between the channel and its audience. Yeah. Which was obviously also part of the think tank yeah. that you develop when you are in lockdown. Okay. And then you say now you've pivoted. Yeah. Okay. So what have you now become? We, so we used to be like just ad marketing. Yeah. And, now we are just ad production. So we had an opportunity to pitch a TV show. Okay. Um, it was an open pitch on the multi-choice portal. So anyone could have... They really were like, we want to make this kind of TV show. Yeah. And, and you developed your pitch on how you were going to make it. Yeah. An original... Okay. And it's really a rare opportunity for, for you to be able to create an original production. But, okay. Can you format. speak on what it is yet? Uh, when does this flight... It can be whenever you want it to be. If this goes out on the 15th, we'll be good. Of? Feb. If it goes out before or after? After. I, it'll be after, okay. 15th of Feb. Cool. So it's <laughs> it's a it's a, it's a a rugby game show, like a, a rugby quiz show. Okay. Um, so people will come in and they'll have to perform a whole lot of tasks. Okay. All right. Wait. So, so who was it? Multi-choice. Yeah. Said... We want to have a rugby game show. How much do they give? So they don't give you a budget. No, but I mean, how much sort of creative idea? Had they thought through how this game works? They give you a brief and it's like the World Cup's coming up yeah. in September. They want some relevant content on this channel. It's Afrikaans and it's going to premium. That's it? That's it. Okay. The World Cup being the Rugby World Cup. <coughs> Correct. Which is going to be where? I think it's September, October and it's in France. Okay. It's amazing how, yeah, a little bit like the COVID discussion where all of a sudden you're like, wait, didn't we just have it? Yeah. Didn't we just win? Yeah. <laughs> that was wild because we were in Japan just during the World Cup. Yeah. We had Springbok rugby players come to a short straw show in Japan. We had the um, kids off. Yeah. And his, and his dynamic wife. She's amazing. <laughs> and, and he's a cool guy. He's such a cool dude. And so they are. So like... All of a sudden, we were hanging out with Springboks after a short straw show. It was lovely. <laughs> wow, man. Um, really but in cool. our head, and then we left um, before the final. But it was so amazing, like seeing them the next day, like in Shinjuku, where the average person mm. is, is a certain height. Five foot with, five. With, with, with black hair, 
pretty much 99% of them have black hair, except for the occasional person who's dyed their hair like a funky color. And then like a good torso above them is <laughs> Stephen Kitsoff with his bright red hair and his like amazing wife with this like blonde hair just so lovely like spotting them and i'm like oh okay no we've caught eyes like now we have to say hi and then we like said hi and met again it was lovely uh, um i have to tell you uh, off off kind of off the yeah. path we were going yeah, yeah. but just to follow up on what you were saying when i was in japan i went to go watch south africa play against namibia in a town called toyota which is tiny it's like furianachan okay. yeah yeah and a friend of mine WhatsApps me. He's in Japan. He's seen my Instagram. He's like, dude, I'm at the game. I'm like, you're not. He's like, yeah, I'm at the game. I'm yeah. He's doing the social media for the Springboks through the agency that he works for. Okay. And he's like, you've got to come afterwards. There's going to be some beers. Magic. I'm like, yes. I'm in. Of course. So it turns out it's an hour's train from where my hotel is. Okay. And... What, where are they going to be hanging out? They're at like a hotel that's near the stadium. My, my okay. hotel, So I've booked all of my own travel. So like an idiot, I'm miles from the stadium. Okay. So anyway, I, I now have to make a decision whether I'm going to go out and have beers with the Springboks and my mate. His name's Dirk. He's a legendary nice. guy, a really wonderful guy. And deciding now whether I'm going to go have beers and meet the Springboks or... Am I going to go back to my hotel room? Because if I go and meet the Springboks, the trains close midnight. Yeah. They stop. No, we know we know about this. Yeah. And, I, and I and I can't get back. Yeah. But I decide, like, you know, you live once. Like yeah, oct yeah. octopus balls. Yeah, yeah. So I go, <laughs> they've won the match. I get to meet some of these guys. We have a rip of a time. Yeah. And then there's a couch somewhere. There's a floor somewhere. Well, it's Japan, dude. And yeah. it's, the, it's like 32 hotel. degrees. I slept, I slept on a bench, Lovely. like sitting up. You well, know, there are dudes that you know even live in these cities and they fall asleep in the strangest places because the trains close. Because these guys, it, it, it is not an uncommon thing for us because we've done about five tours to Japan. So we've seen a lot. It is not an uncommon thing to see a businessman asleep at like a little ATM booth on the floor because he has perhaps worked too hard. There's a work hard, play hard kind of vibe as well. So perhaps he's, he, he drank a bit. But even if he worked real hard and he can't get his train home and he's in his suit asleep on the floor, it's, like, it's, it's not a strange thing. The first two or three times we saw it, we were mm. like, oh, my God. What? You know, he's not homeless. He's a businessman. But he's asleep on the floor. Yeah, suit, briefcase. Suit, briefcase, everything. Yeah. But it's because they just missed the train. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you were one of those dudes. That's yeah, awesome. man, I was one of those dudes. Um, and yeah, I mean, again, my life has always been very lucky in that I've been exposed to so many people yeah. across, you know, you work on all of these shows and all of these campaigns with all of these agencies and all of these kind of production houses. Like yeah. when you're in Japan, you know a guy. If you yeah. no, I think that's go to London, you go to New York, in LA, you know a guy. Yeah. No, I, I must say I treasure that too. And I'm lucky enough to also have built some level of, of network because that is what it's all about. And especially when you're in a foreign city, just even if you end up just going to like one restaurant, if it's with someone who lives in that city, it's just immediately better than you wandering around like a decade, yeah. like not yeah. doing anything. 
Okay, so you've made this rugby show. Well, you've well, shot we're, it. We're we're in pre-production. My um, okay. Because oh, it's going to be kind of shot live. Yeah, well, it's in studio. We're shooting in in May. So my business partner is more like when you're asking what we do. I'm more of like a content uh, director, and she she is more of in the in the production uh, side of things. Where is this going to air? On CakeNet. On CakeNet. Yeah. Okay, and it's going to be called Copper Stump. Which, yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. So direct translation of like head head clash head bang. If you, know? you did a week of rugby when yeah. you were in high school, you yeah. know what copper stump is, which That's is it. like a version of rugby that you play to um, train in rugby, and and there would be a point where like in a rugby practice on a random afternoon, it'd be like, okay, go play copper stump. Yeah, for I love that you know two. that. Yeah, I yeah, love yeah. that you know that. It's like it's like what um, pickleball is for tennis. Yeah, um, um, paddle. What the hell do you pronounce it? The 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 fastest growing sport in America. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's like an action version of of rugby in a sort of small space, yeah. but it's full contact. Yeah. So it's like it's hardcore. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. So that's what it's going to be called. That's a cool name. Everyone will get it. Yeah, and uh, the trick is to, you know, South Africans in general really do consider themselves all to be rugby experts. Sure. Like on some level. <laughs> and this game is really about accessibility. And the thing is, it's you don't have to be like totally rugby genius. You know, there's an element of what, luck. What are the, the questions? Well, there's question sections, but there's also like... It's more challenging, you know, physical challenging stuff. We're doing like no, well, yes and no. Okay, okay. let me let me give you a little breakdown quickly. There's a rapid fire question section to open it up. Then we go into a be the TMO. We show you a clip. Be the TMO. Yeah, be the TMO, like the the TV umpire. Oh, okay, cool. So yeah, yeah. You, we show them a clip. Then people have to dis- they have to deliberate and decide: is it a try? Is it no try? Oh, cool. Is it a red card? Is it a yellow card? Okay. You know that kind of thing. Um, and then we've got like be the commentator. We, we show them a clip and they have to commentate. Lovely. And if they say the like flash words, yeah, which they can't see, do then you know they what, get points. Do you know what could be a lovely reference? And I wouldn't put it past you if you've already watched all seasons in preparation. But never mind the buzzcocks. To- like it's, you, yeah, it's the rugby version of Never Mind the Buzzcocks, which was a TV show which ran in England for like twenty seasons, which was like this great music quiz show. Mm. Where you could almost show a scene and then pause and go, what do you think happens next? Because yeah. that's kind of what one of the rounds were. It's and then so you, could, you could maybe even do the lineup. Well, we're doing conversions in okay. the studio. So we've got a little rugby polls. Oh, lovely. That people kick for bonus points or booby prizes. But in, in Nevermind the Buzzcocks, they would do this thing where they would show a clip to the audience of like a band from the 80s that were perhaps known but not too well known where they would pause on like one of the musicians, which, which would be like the bassist. And I can say this because I'm a bassist and I know <laughs> that not everybody remembers the bassist. And then they would have a lineup of actual people, one of which would be the bassist of the band. And the guests would have to pick who they think is the actual bassist. Yeah, that's brilliant. <laughs> so you could have these like these things and be like, one of them could be the actual player. Yeah. Um, I'm not telling you what to do, but like, yeah, it's a good idea. You could almost take some inspiration from Nevermind the Buzzcocks. It was such a great show. Actually, I know exactly a section where this is going to work. 
Yeah. And I'm going to totally credit you when oh, we do it. <laughs> listen, cool. It's not me. It's never mind the buzzcocks. I'm not, I'm not doing anything here. Um, that's cool. What do you, listen, what are you watching at the moment? What are you enjoying? So I just finished, I was a bit late on this one. I just finished watching The Bear. Oh, cool. Which yeah, yeah. I, I loved The Bear. I yeah. thought it was really well made. I thought it was imaginative. Um, I wasn't expecting there to be this big kind of revelation at the end. Okay. I um, haven't, I, I've started watching it, so I, I know the idea, but what is it? The end of the first season? It's the end of the first season. So it's, it has been, it has been renewed for a second season, okay. which is great. It's, um, it's a very like fly on the wall show, which I appreciate. So basically what it is, it's about a, a dude who's taken over a, a restaurant, like a sort of almost like a street foodie kind of fast foodie jewel. Yeah. Um, somewhere in America, like a sort of ho- quite a hardcore town, yeah. like a sort of Chicago. Yeah, it is Chicago. And he comes from a, um, I, I, I think you'd appreciate this. You, you you discover this very quickly in the show that he comes from a sort of very pristine Michelin star training and he's now taking over his brother's spot and the brother seems to have died um, and he's taking it over and he's he's coming into this, this sort of neighborhood restaurant. But why I say fly on the wall is that they very successfully um, have it feel like the camera is just watching what's playing out as Mm. opposed to it being these set pieces that they, obviously they shoot and coordinate it like every normal TV show, but it plays out in such a way that it feels like the camera is just watching what's happening. And and, And it's all happening quite authentically in front of you. Do you get that feeling? Yeah, absolutely. And I, As opposed to sh- stop, let's get the close-up, move to the scene, get this coverage. It just feels like the cameraman is just running around following what's happening. I, and I really like it. I, I think it does a lot for tension. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, what I'm seeing more and more of is like directors and in series and movies really just making you feel quite uncomfortable for long periods of time. Yeah. Which yeah. is which is probably a zeitgeist of what we've come out of recently. Perhaps, yeah. You know? yeah, I could see that. Um, but interesting that I've always hated the kind of, and I think a lot of people do, the, you know, the, the Hollywood setup where everything's going fine, something fucks up. Yeah. And then we kind of resolve to some kind of happy ending. Yeah. Like I don't I don't think people want that anymore. It's just too far from the truth for us to enjoy yeah. the escapism. But also in the same breath, I don't like the shows where like everything is going wrong and it's yeah, a, yeah. and it's a degrade downwards. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a show on Apple TV Plus called Shrinking, which has just started, and they're going one episode a week. We're about three episodes in. Han Solo is the Harrison Ford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um you know, there's there's conflict and there's issues and there's things, there's drama. But for the most part, like, it's quite a light show. Mm. <laughs> there's got to be a relief. You're propped up by quite a bit of humor. And, and I quite like that. Mm. Um, but I, I should watch more of The Bear. It's, it stars the one of the sons from Shameless. Shameless. Yeah. Uh, he's excellent. He, he really, really is. is good. And it's it's a similar role in that it's quite a sweaty, dirty, authentic role. As opposed to him being sort of like, you know... Yeah, it's it's quite an authentic character. Um, lovely. Okay, that's on Disney Plus. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to say yes. I, I don't actually know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. managed to watch it in another way. <laughs> I watched it at a friend's house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got it from the video store. We got it from the video store. Um, what are, no, we, we advocate for this. We often say, like, if it's not available, like, just go find it. Yeah. It's out there for you to watch. Listen, there's such a market for a tool to tell me on what platform I can find the thing I want to watch. That's what the video store is. So everything you and I will talk about will be listed in the event in the description of this podcast with links, not just saying Netflix, but it'll link to the show. Yeah, which is helpful. Um, are you watching other reality TV competitions in preparation for your reality TV competition? Uh, not, not particularly. Because they do that shit in their sleep at Netflix, and they are all looking so good. That, There's look, a production value which is which is growing. With things like drink masters and those cooking shows, and it's like high key lighting. It's no, it's so many cameras. There are guys <laughs> that are doing the most incredible stuff. Um, so yeah, look, we do stay abreast of everything that's happening. Yeah. Um, for me, what's more important is like in South Africa, I think we struggle with pace. Yeah, you know, like. Whether I'm watching a comedy film, whether I'm watching a series, whether I'm yeah. watching a telenovela, whether I'm watching a game show, like we struggle for pace. And mm. I don't know if it's a posting. I don't know if it's something we're not doing enough in pre-production. You know, the writing maybe, like all of these areas we've got to look at. I just feel like the pace is just not something that we're spending enough time on. Good. No, I think, I think and I think for reality TV where um, it's not about script. Mm. I mean, obviously you do script it and you know where you're going, but a lot of it is left up to the moment. But yeah, it'll come down to the post. It'll come down to the editing to keep it f fun and, and punchy. Yeah. Which it has to be, yeah, especially for reality TV. Yeah, and I think we're interestingly coming into an age where for our kind of demographic, there's not a lot of hosts left. Mm -hmm. You know, there used to be a bunch of people that were TV hosts. Okay. Who who would you put it? Who would you make a TV host for a show you were making now? Yeah, no, it is a hard one. Yeah, it's interesting. But which demographic? What well, do you mean? Are you saying like from a from a cake net point of view? No, well, I'm, well, this is this is the ongoing question, right? It's like a, such a challenging question that we have to ask ourselves. Yeah. In South Africa, as well, South Africans are not only as as marketers, advertisers, and show creators. It's like, can I make a show for white people? Yeah. Can I make a show for Afrikaans-speaking people? Can yeah, I make totally. a show for Zulu people? Yeah, well, that's what's so difficult is that everyone, yeah, we're all united by some sense of national unity, but we are also remarkably different people Yeah, with different values <laughs> and different, um, you know, um, slang and, yeah, and what's, yeah, it's, it's, it, that's, a, that's an interesting challenge. And I would, yeah, I would say that, the success of a guy like Sia Khaleesi um, is because of how well he's able to unite people. <laughs> um, and so my pitch would be you got to try and find that as your host. You, you've got to try and find that kind of dude. Yeah, the everybody guy. The everybody dude um, that, can, yeah, that can sort of embody that. Yeah, it's a tricky one. It is a tricky one. Um, what are you? What else are you enjoying? What from like a content perspective? Yeah. yeah. What other stuff have you? Listen, I've got a ten-year-old. 
Yeah. So we watch a lot of uh, a lot of reels and TikTok content. Like, yeah. and she she is into making her own content. Like, I'm not yeah. ready for her to publish any stuff. Like, yeah. I, I don't want her. I don't want her being like. Yeah on any level like really yeah. a public figure you know the, I, I still need to understand the the world a little bit better well that world will change every yeah. time you think you probably understand it it's probably True. the goalposts are going to shift True. but but i like the idea that parents are are, are doing that I, I think my sister as well sort of let it happen for a little and then went whoa 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. not until you're 13 yeah and she like the account got paused <laughs> yeah but she digs i think for her there's a she wants to watch the content and she wants to try and make the content you know yeah which is which is really fun for her so she's you know she it's crazy yeah like russell it's crazy she's got two devices yeah you know she's got a, actually she's got three she's got a laptop she's got an ipad yeah and she's got a cell phone yeah and they all serve different purposes you know like she takes the laptop to school okay and like does all of her schooling on a laptop she's 10 dude like this is where really? school's at. It's wild. Oh my god! You know, and then for for viewing. Remember going out before school and buying all your books. Yeah. And like, this is your biology book. This is your history book. <laughs> yeah, we and buy you wrapped them with different colors. Well, I'm just glad that like these kids carry around enough, and their days are really long. Like, yeah. there's days where you know I drop off at seven and I fetch her at four. Wild. And she doesn't at least have to lug around all the textbooks and, yeah. and stuff like that. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's also just this, I think what you were asking and how I was trying to answer was just to say like there's an in, entire stream of content that's curated for a 10-year-old that I consume. Because yeah, no, even, sure. even if I put on YouTube, like yeah. it's because she's watched so much content there, like there's nothing that's coming up for me recommended. Yeah, your, you know al I mean? your algorithms yeah, are, are my algorithms yeah, whacked yeah. out. Yeah. Um, and and she con she controls um, she controls uh, the Spotify as well. I will tell you, and this is not great parenting, but we love watching crime shows together, like murder okay. shows. Yeah, yeah. So like she's big on crime shows, and so am I. Like I try and make sure there's not like. It's not gory or gruesome yeah, yeah. wherever possible. But she's so fascinated by figuring out who done it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. and as it's going, like we have these long conversations in the car or at home about I was probably like, how 10 did this watching Murder She Wrote. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Monday nights, SABC three, seven thirty. Yeah. Remember when it. it was like SABC one was that one, the big <laughs> yeah. one with the Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the sort of square shape around it. And it was pre simunier yeah, Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman and Murder, She Wrote. Murder, She Wrote is the most flawed sort of, it's, it's the craziest show. Imagine yeah. pitching that now. It makes no sense. If you are a policeman, if you like LAPD Blue or like uh, NYPD Blue, uh, uh, you know, LA Law, whatever. If you are the policeman, then it makes sense that every day you could be sent to a crime scene. Okay, because that's your job. Okay, Jessica Fletcher from Murder She Wrote was just a writer. She was just a lady going about her business. She had friends, and wherever she fucking went, somebody died. Yeah, she was the problem. Do you know how man. haunting it would be if you and I today just had someone die? Yeah, like someone we knew, like someone we just met. Yeah, 
and then next week someone else dies. It's like wherever she went, somebody died. Yeah, the premise she, is preposterous. And she existed for however many seasons. It's haunting. Do you know what didn't exist for a lot of seasons, which I found out the other day and I was troubled by? Yeah. Elf. Yeah. So Elf, in its final episode, yeah. had the special forces services guy guys come okay. to kidnap, to take Elf to like... Because he was an alien, wasn't he? was he? an alien. Yeah. And they'd come to get him and take him away to some facility for aliens. And they ran away, the kids and Elf. But they caught Elf. These yeah. special, these, you know, these this agents. This is the last episode. This is the last episode. And they took him away. And the show was going to be renewed for another season, but it got cancelled. So that was how the show ended. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, remember, I distinctly remember the face of this. Yeah, yeah. It almost looked like one of those cone. dogs, like a sort of shih tzu dog, but with like more of a cone yeah. nose. That was weird. One well, it was a kid's show, right? It was a, yeah, like a, can, a family kind of sitcom. Oh, uh, it was a sitcom. Yeah. Okay, I've got no real sort of memory of that. It's also like there is a guy probably wandering around South Africa minding his own business who was Wiffles, yeah. the dog. <laughs> Zet. <laughs> and it's like, so what did you do? Well, like this part of your CV, like, and, and what did you do from sort of 85 to 90? He's like, I don't want to talk about yeah. it. <laughs> it's like yeah. he was a dog. He was, it was. We got to find him. And pumpkin pumpkin patch yeah we gotta find Wiffles Wiffles was the dog's name yeah right? and we it was just a dude Wiffles. in a suit yeah and there were like two little twin brothers as well yeah yeah pumpkin patch oh pumpkin, pumpkin patch, patch. What, a, what a what a show it's wild eh? talk about pandemic and the pandemic being this kind of marker um I've unquestionably come out of the pandemic going like oh like I'm old mm-hmm like with the band, with a whole bunch of things, like just now this last December, we were away at like a family um, resort. We were in the Drakensberg. And then when you see what's unquestionably like the youth, which was sort of these like 18-year-old kids um, hanging out, and you're like, oh, I'm not that anymore. No. And you're like, oh, okay. It's just, this, it's just this moment that just like hits you. And, it, and it's funny, they actually term youth ending at 35 like the male and guardian 200 young south africans the cutoff is 35 and then that's what i was in the in covid because i was able to get that um first jab because i was older than 35 and there was this amazing moment where people i knew well i was like have you gotten vaccinated they're like no i'm not 35 yet and i'm like <laughs> really i thought you were yeah and then you realize like okay you're old I'm really enjoying it though. Like I yeah. feel I, I totally fine, but it just takes you upon realizing that you then have this readjustment where you're like, Oh, I've got to recalibrate. Yeah. And then you run the recalibration and then you feel fine. But there's, a, there is that moment of uncomfortableness where you're like, Oh, like I'm not, I'm not that because you've identified as that for so long. You've always been, the young kids and your parents have always been old and whatever. And now you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> no, Maybe it happened for you a lot earlier because you've got a kid. No. I'm yet to have one. So, like, I'm maybe I felt younger f for longer. Oh, well, listen, I mean, you've got to make that choice for yourself. But if I can make any recommendations, it's have a kid. <laughs> Having kids is cool. My brother, who's a legend himself, a uh, very energetic man, has three boys. Yeah. Um, and he, uh, he started having 
the the kids when he was our age. Yeah. You're my age now. Yeah. Um, and it seems to make him younger. I'm sure there's a, a an elixir. Yeah, well, there is that argument. There's that argument that that by growing up with kids like you, you stay young because you you are involved in TikTok and you do see the production of TikTok videos where if you were left alone, you'd be like, what is this? What is this bullshit? But there's no getting away from the noise I make when I get in, an, in or out of the car. <laughs> as long as you keep it to an SUV where it's like easy yeah. enough to climb in and out of. No, when, when my niece presented me with actual TikTok for the first time, I'd like knew of it. And of course, I'm old enough to remember like, Vine came and went, you know, you and I probably had a MySpace page that kind of came and went. So I was a little dismissive of TikTok and I thought, okay, it's just another one of these. Like it'll be, it's just going to take one Kardashian to go, it's over and then TikTok's going to disappear. Um, but I'd never really opened it, never really had the app. And then at one point with the niece, she showed it to me and I got, put my head down, started watching it and then like, 10, 15 minutes later, I was like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I like sort of came up like I'd sort of been underwater and was like, oh my God, that, I just lost. <laughs> it's time off. I lost like 20 minutes of my life. Like, oh my God, that's so scary. Yeah. You realize you've got pins and needles in your feet because you've been sitting on the toilet for so long. Thankfully, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't on the toilet. But yeah, no, it's, it's wild. And then someone said, Short Straw should have a TikTok page. And so I set it up. And then I realized that in main TikTok, um, it, it's it's super terrible. Like maybe she's carved out her favorite people, so maybe her feed is is perhaps a little more tailored. But if you haven't carved it out, um, actual TikTok is horrible, filled with like the most terrible, like stupid, inane content. Yeah. We see, if you if you outside of TikTok, you see the best because the best stuff makes it out of the app and then comes onto other platforms. Yeah. But on the actual platform is 100,000 people doing a very bad version of the cool thing you saw. <laughs> so it's kind of like a terrible, terrible place. It, yeah, and like I'm very cognitive about how I watch reels, for example. Yeah. Like anything that's not for me, I get rid of fast. And anything, so that the algorithm so that it, yeah. remains tight, yeah. And, the th you know, I was in a relationship where my partner hated her reels. Yeah. She just complained about it. She couldn't understand how I enjoyed it so much. And I said to her, like, you, you've got to actually spend some time, like, getting rid of what you don't like. Yeah. And, like, spending time on, maybe for a while, just watch everything that you enjoyed twice. Yeah. Uh, and then, she, you know, she got really into reels because she yeah, started getting it, that cool stuff. Start, yeah. There's a moment where myself and, and my uh, girlfriend, Liz, um, like my reels will just have like lots of like drumming stuff, like mm, musician yeah. stuff and like guys like doing these like drumming things and, and playing these kind of drum versions. And you look over to her and it's just like chicks on horses, like jumping, <laughs> <laughs> like doing stuff. So she, she gets like those kind of, those, those horse meme jokes that only like horsey people will get. Yeah. And I giggle over at, um, there's an account called Band Memes 666, which only if you're in a functioning, operating, doesn't have to be successful, uh, rock band. But if you are like a troubadour in that sense, like you will find this funny because it's jokes about like the sound guy or like the venue owner or like playing a club show. It's lovely. Um, I should be trying to find you something to watch. Maybe I can help you with shrinking. Shrinking sounds good. 
what else do you want to watch more of? Um, let me have a little think. I at, at the moment I'm re- I don't know why, but I'm I'm really enjoying kind of darker content. Okay. Um, you know I really enjoyed the menu. Okay. I thought that film was just a breath of fresh air. I, I, it was interesting. I, yeah. I must say, I've said I've said on the show that I I wished it was a bit more uh, deceiving. I, I mm. wished it was a bit more like it. I was I was hoping it would be playing on me a bit. Yeah, like tricking me a bit, but it wasn't. But it was cool. What you would like then? Okay, so here's my recommendation. If you haven't seen it already, is a film called The Game. It's an older film. It's got Michael Douglas in it. Yeah, have you seen it? Not in it. 20 years. Not in 20 years? Yeah. Okay, but you have seen it. I, I can't tell you anything more than it's, than it's got Michael Douglas in it. Okay, but you're not sure whether you've seen it yet? No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch the game. Okay, yeah, I think you'll dig it. And it's quite similar to the menu in the sense that it's like people wanting an experience. Mm-hmm. You're not quite sure what's real and what's not real. It's a cool game. It's a cool, it's a cool film. That's cool. Okay. Uh, do, is this one of the? Can I not get um, three VHS for th- for the for the, for the weekend? Of, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm trying to think what else we can give you. Have you seen Triangle of Sadness? I'm. I just watched Triangle of Sadness this week, and I have to tell you, the vomit scene yeah. is thrilling for me. <laughs> I laughed my ass off, and it starts off with Woody Harrelson kind of standing at an angle because yeah. the sea is so turbulent, which well, I found hysterical. But I have to tell you, I have such a thing for vomit scenes. Okay. Like I can tell you my favorite vomit scenes from films. Yeah. Uh, like Stand by Me has a great vomit scene. Um, Child's Play has a great vomit scene. Okay. Um, Team America, great yeah, vomit scene. Yeah, that's a wild one. Like I can, I can really get into it. <laughs> Exorcist, great vomit scene. <laughs> and now, and now, Triangle of Sadness. No, triangle like, of those sadness. are five great. So, vomit if scenes. you like Triangle of Sadness, if you like that humor, what I thought was perhaps a better execution of the humor is the same dude. Force Majeure. Uh, I haven't seen Force Majeure yet, but uh, there's a film called The Square. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Okay. How's about that? I'll watch The Square, and you watch Force Majeure. I've seen the American remake. Okay. Which I know is not as good. So on Disney Plus is Downhill with um, Will Ferrell. And, wow, I didn't even know and, this existed. Uh, uh, Dreyfus, Louis Dreyfus. Julie, oh, the uh, yeah, yeah. woman from Seinfeld. Yeah. And that's the American adaptation of Force Majeure. Same concept, but didn't perhaps nail the essence of the movie, according to people. So Force Majeure was, was the same director, and that was the original language Thing same premise set in a mountain town with the avalanche, um, but maybe yeah, give downhill a watch. It's interesting. I'd be curious to know the, how you feel about the difference. But I must watch Force Majeure. Okay, deal. Okay, it's done. On. Listen, you I must- owe you one thing. Yeah, and we've spoken about this for maybe ten years. Oh God, I have the VHS of True Romance. Oh wow, we've had this conversation. Okay, the thing I want to I want to see. I don't. I haven't had access to a VHS player. I want to watch the trailers okay. in front of the film. Okay. That's the thing I want to see the most. Okay. And I know you're doing it for Valentine's Day, yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah. maybe we could give it a test run. If you want to use it, you're welcome to. Thank you. With like the home entertainment little... <laughs> <laughs> um, that would be amazing. Yeah. Um, we, I would have to find a VHS player. Yeah, well, th- 
that'll be the trick. Maybe I'll put something out on Twitter yeah. and uh, you put something out on Insta. And then we'll try and figure out how we'll we can play this. Yeah. I want to <laughs> say one last thing before we go, because you asked me if I'm watching like a lot of reality shows and game shows before yeah. we make this one. And part of the brief was that it had, they want something new and fresh and different. Sure. I and in an opportunity to create something where we didn't have to follow an existing format, yeah. I wanted to make sure that I left all of that behind. No, that makes sense. There's a, there's a point where, yeah, you need to understand the mold in order to know how to break it. Yeah. But there also is a point where perhaps you could be taking too much from others. So that makes sense. Yeah. And that's exciting, you're right, man. The so you, so you, you're prepping for this show and you're going to get started soon. Yeah, and the so world is going to know about it by next week. So on the 15th, the call to enter goes out. So if you want to be on a, a contestant on the show, we're okay. opening entries. Lovely. We then shoot in March, and I think it's July, the first episode goes out. It's lovely. I mean, again, I've been lucky enough to work on The Voice. I've been in the Philippines on Survivor. I've... You know, Did you actually have to go? You were able to go to the, some of those places. Yeah, so... <clears throat> As a head of marketing, sometimes, you know, like I was a very creative-led marketer, yeah. which which is also a reason why I left. I think the business started really needing more of an analytic expert. Mm. Um, but yeah, totally went to uh, the Philippines and was on Survivor for, you know, four days shooting an ad with, with the crew. Yeah. Um, and learning a lot about that show. You know, you, you never know how much is real or how yeah. much is contrived in, yeah. in reality shows until you work on them um and the short answer is quite a lot is contrived it depends on the show survivors survivor is hectic like when i was hectically I was, real yeah i was there for the first four days of of season seven um which yeah sa philippines and the first team lost four challenges in a row which means they hadn't they didn't have food for like maybe three days oh wow and you can see it like impacts people quite hectically. Like they, they get water and when it becomes like dangerous that they're not eating, they get half an apple a day. Okay. And pe you know, people always ask me, they were like, you know, do women get sanitary projects? And you're like, dude, that, that stuff stops. Like your body doesn't function the way it used to function. Like you're not having a crap every day. Yeah. You're like, oh my God, like things stop happening. Oh, wow. You know, yeah, you people's bodies that. are so affected. You know, on TV, steers arrives and they land and they're like, on day 28, you, the people who win this challenge are going to get King Steer Burgers. And yeah. everyone's like, wow, that's going to be amazing. It's horrific for them because their bodies just can't process food. Oh, wow. So they become like ill from <laughs> eating steers. <laughs> I mean, nothing on the steers. The steers is, is it's fantastic. Amazing. It's yeah. amazing. It's one of the most underrated, well, not underrated, but it's like, I don't think South Africans realize how lucky we are. And you can steers. imagine, you haven't seen food. You haven't seen like real food for like four okay, weeks. But it is real. They're not like yeah. parking off in hotels. and. Yeah, there's shows that are, that are less lacquer. Look, also, the thing that I loved about Survivor is that when the people get there, they put all the contestants in a room for a week. Okay. No outside world. No newspaper, no TV. You can have books. Yeah. So anything that's happening in current affairs, you become totally detached. This is before you even start shooting. This is before. They also don't know when exactly they're going to go. So then all of a sudden, one morning, they just get rounded up, thrown on a boat, sent to an island. 
Oh, wow. So there are these elements that make it hyper real for people. You know, people that have been on Survivor, they, they, they form a community. Yeah. Uh, it's like going to the moon, I guess, you know. Yeah. It's, 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 they've experienced something that most people never get to experience. Wild. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Thanks for sharing. No, anytime. It's <laughs> it's been it's been wonderful. You know, as a as a person, you always kind of have to consider whether you're living an interesting life or not. Yeah. You know. No, and and, and it's and it's nice to sort of to just take, sort of, uh, yeah, take, what's the word? Take stock of that, mm-hmm. and every now and again, go. No, this is interesting. Yeah. I remember once having a a, a busy day ahead of me. And then sort of stopping for a moment and going like, okay, just think about what it is you're doing. <laughs> you have to go and pick up dumplings because you've got the sold out dumpling box cinema night. You got to go and drop off t-shirts because you get to make cool t-shirts for a living. And then you've got to do, it's like, this is a cool life. Yeah. Like, this is No, fun. it's going good. Like, this is cool. And I'm sure there were moments where you're like, I'm in the Philippines. Yeah. Like, this is awesome. It's the same with the band where it's like, all of a sudden you're in this Japanese town or... You got to go to Europe a few times, and you're like, "This is amazing! How lucky!" No, man, you're right. It's it's a charmed life. Did you do that thing in Japan where you um, where you race go karts on the street? Nah, I think they started by the time you were there. I think they were starting to stop that, but it was all the rage for a few years. Where you could only do this in Japan. Any other country in the world, you'd be stone dead. In Joburg, you'd be fucking dead. <laughs> but on the actual roads. You could, if you had an international driver's license, you could get in a go-kart and as a team, you could ride down the streets of Tokyo dressed up as Mario Kart characters. Uh, They tell you specifically, they're like, please do not race, like stay in line and follow the signals. And if I ask you to do this, you must do this and all that. So you're not racing, but you get to ride the streets of Tokyo in a go-kart dressed as Luigi. And you I can mean, see the city so quickly and, and see so much more of it because you're moving quite quickly. And I was like, this is one of the coolest things in the yeah. world. <laughs> well, that's it, it, right? What you're talking about, you've got to have these moments, you know. Uh, Tame Impala were in New York okay. when I was in New York. Yeah. And I was going to get to see them. Yeah. That was this wild coincidence. I didn't know they were going to be there. I'd seen a banner while I was walking down one of the, one of the streets. Yeah. Uh, but I had a meeting at 30 Rock, Rocky, Rockefeller Center. Oh, cool. You know at 30 Rock, the yeah, show, where, no, they, sure. where they make the show. NBC had me to kind of discuss stuff that we were working on back home. And they said to me, we're going to give you a tour of the Saturday Night Live studio. Oh, wow. And I was like, shit, I'm going to miss my favorite band. <laughs> but I was, I, I think it would have been nice but it wasn't me standing in the Saturday Night Live studio yeah. by myself. No, no, no. You don't, you don't, you don't give that on a up. Thursday afternoon, you yeah. know. So wow. you, you, you. I think it, you. Everybody's, everybody's interesting is different. Yeah. You've, you've got to try and figure out what, what's yours. Um, but I guess it's the pursuit of those kind of weird moments where you're dressed up like Mario. Yeah. In Tokyo. Yeah. Cruising no. the streets. Yeah. No, it's 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 one of those like. Throughout the whole experience, I was like, "This is one of those. This is one of those moments. <laughs> this this goes straight up to top ten. It's lovely." You know what I do want to do, and I think you're very good at this. In those moments, when I'm having a really good time, or when I meet someone, 
I never want to take up my phone. If I've got 15 mm. seconds mm. with Anthony Kiedis, yeah. I'm talking to the dude. Yeah. I'm not asking him to hold on while I get my camera ready yeah. so that I can post something. Well, you know, I'm, I had dinner with him. I do, I do. Yeah, that, yeah. That's why I reference it. I, yeah. You told and, me the and story. And that was one of those things where it was also just, he, he actually expressed quite early on that, you know, why he doesn't like to take photos anymore and, and he doesn't do that. Oh, he, cool. And, and so I never even asked. Yeah. It was never even a question. Probably by the end of the night, he might have succumbed because he'd gotten to know me after an hour or two. But yeah, as you said, it became less about that and more like, oh, you've actually got like time. Where with Foo Fighters, I had five minutes, not even. Yeah. Like in, I was in one in a line, you know, and so I had to keep it brief. But like the Kiedis one was quite special. I think, you know, I was, I was lucky enough to, um, to do press on the cast of Spud when they mm. came out here. And uh, Basil Fawlty. Ah, yeah. Was, uh, he, you know. John he, Cleese. John Cleese was working, obviously, as, as one of the characters in the film. And I was at the end of the queue because, you know, DJ Fresh and yeah. all these radio personalities were, were ahead of me. And they were all moaning about how grumpy it was. And I went in and there was some kind of problem in the room. So we couldn't do the interview. And we just started talking about cricket because he had the cricket on. Yeah. So John Cleese and I were just kind of sitting there watching cricket for 10 minutes before yeah. the, the mics were ready. And um, after that, he was he was actually he was a little quite more, fun and chilled. Little more cheerful, yeah, yeah, I got like the best interview of the day. Lovely. Um, <laughs> yeah. Magic. But listen, man, I'm going to let you uh, get back to... Yeah, I feel like we've been doing this for an hour. It, it has been an hour, <laughs> but it's lovely. It's, it's part of what's so lovely. And then I... I um, can use this as a way to actually catch up with friends. <laughs> I was just going to say, it's been because, so nice kind of catching up. Yeah, that's and really, because you, you and I, we, we pass in these moments. I've seen you in airports. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and maybe there's a, yeah. been a braai here or there, but this is, this is like an, yeah, a, a full on time to just catch up. It's and been so it's, it's really exciting to fun watching you. I'm, the first time I met you was at the Bioscope. Um, when a friend and I came to to watch a show, and that was the it must have been late 2010 or early 2011. That was right at the start. Right at the start, yeah. Uh, and then found out that uh, you were in in short straw. I joined and, it about 2011. Yeah, so yeah. I'd been mates with with Tom and Jake. Yeah, uh, they were in um, the uncut. Yeah, yeah. Previously, so I'd I'd kind of watched them move from from that band to to Short Straw, and then got to meet you and see you do that, you know, and then see you go into Limited Edition, which I love. You know, I'm a big fan. And I appreciate your support. Buy shirts every time we come in here, because everyone the, Limited Edition is such a talking point. Whenever somebody sees me in the shirt, they ask. You know, especially the the hugging bears. Yeah, friend. Um, high, the, yeah. yeah, you know, it, it's such cool talk, talking points. Even the lady that's stabbing the guy in the back, people mm. are always like, "Well, what's what's happening here?" And you're like, yeah, "Well, yeah. you know, what do you think?" Yeah, um, cool. and then obviously making the move here. Yeah, um, it's it's been fascinating to see you kind of build all of these all of these things, and it's it's good to know you. Love. Well, it's a treat to know you, and I wish you the best for this show. It sounds like it's an exciting new endeavor that I'm sure will be. A success. Rad, man. Lekker. Okay, we'll see you at the video store soon. Perfect. I'll bring these back. Soon. Otherwise, <laughs> I'm going to 
charge you an exorbitant <laughs> amount of money. Lekker. Ciao, ciao. All right, what a lovely chat. <laughs> I say lovely and magic over and over again for an hour, but it really was. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, we are the videostore.co.za. Now is the part of the show we call the cash up, which is our chance to just balance the till before we turn off the lights and go home. The one thing to mention at this point for all those dying to find out, the octopus ball uh, treat which one can get in Osaka is called takoyaki. It is a diced octopus inside a round ball of dough. And um, if you ever, at whatever point in your life, have the opportunity to perhaps eat one, I strongly recommend it. All right. Uh, we are the video store.co.za. Please spread the love. Um, if this is your first time listening, we hope you are able to subscribe and join us each week when we have interesting guests or... Um, sometimes it's just an episode with staff, other guys who work here, uh, but each week uh, we hope it is fun and entertaining and something that you come back for. Um, we are finding that with every week that goes by, more and more interesting TV shows are cropping up, so we are here to help. All right, we will see you again next week. Cheers.